a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Some of the brightest financial minds are yours when you download the True North Wealth podcast. Finances are a huge source of stress. Now learn how to walk a path for financial success. Listen to the True North Wealth Radio Podcast on Apple Podcast. All right, Ben, let's uh, let's talk some jazz basketball, some trade deadline. He's written about it recently uh, from Hoops Hype. He's Mike Scotta with us here on Jake and Ben. What's going on, Mike? Hi, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Uh, we're doing great. We really appreciate you having on. Of course, uh, we, like a lot of jazz fans, are keeping an eye on this trade deadline. You had a great write-up and certainly caught a lot of traffic here in the state of Utah because you threw out some specific names, and I think that's what people are always hungry for when they're looking for trade rumors or, or you know, kind of what the uh, what the water cooler talk is. You mentioned a couple of guys, but before we get to the sp- specifics of Harrison Barnes, Robert Covington, Josh Richardson, or Josh Okogie, I do want to ask you about Joe Ingles' situation. Because he just tore his ACL and is done for the season, but is still on this expiring contract, which was really his number one value, how much does that torn ACL, do you think, change what the Jazz do at the trade deadline, or at least the options they would have at the trade deadline? Well, I think, so So two separate things, right? So from a trade perspective, Joe's contract value is going to remain as an expiring contract. That doesn't matter whether he plays or not. Um, you know, Utah, since uh, the last draft, had been, you know, kind of dangling out there, Joe Ingles and a, and a first-round pick to see if they could make a substantial upgrade of some kind that they felt was worth it to the team. Um, you know, obviously nothing had uh, transpired yet. Now when you look at that type of offer it's similar to what the Cleveland Cavaliers have with Ricky Rubio and a first round pick as well. You're talking about two guys that are injured um that, you know, their best value right now is the contract number coming off as an expiring if you're gonna take on a guy that has multiple years after this season and you get a first round pick. In terms of how Utah is gonna view the trade deadline moving forward in light of the Joe Ingles injury, um so a couple things on that. One, they've, they've struggled a little bit of late uh, as a team. I think, you know, Danny Ainge was brought there to look to make a move. I don't think Danny Ainge came there to sit on his hands. Um, he's known for making big trades. And, uh, you know, Utah's core, we, we've seen what it can do to this point. Um, and with the way Phoenix and um, Golden State are kind of running the West right now, They needed to make an upgrade, and they still do, to, in my opinion, compete with them. Now, what the Ingles injury does, 
is it changes kind of how they're going to go about it. You know, you could have made a case that maybe they could have even moved Boyan Bogdanovich if they weren't going to move Ingles and Ingles was healthy. They can't really do that now. Um, you know, I think Boyan would have had more value personally, but um, right now they're going to have to, I don't want to say make moves on the margins, but, you know, it, it's going to be tougher, I think, for them to get a guy like Harrison Barnes, for example, who was one of the guys I mentioned that they had, uh, you know, significant interest in because a lot of teams are going to be trying to get Harrison Barnes. Um, you know, they might have to aim a little lower for Robert Covington. Uh, I mentioned Josh Richardson and Josh Kogi. A couple things with some of these guys. Uh, first off, Danny Ainge, when he was in Boston, looked at acquiring Harrison Barnes. Um, he certainly has an affinity for him. Um, I just think now it's going to be tough for him, and he might have to throw a little bit more in that type of package to try to get him. Uh, Josh Richardson he also had in Boston for a little bit, um, so he's familiar with him. I-, I think when it comes to Robert Covington, the price tag for him would be a little lower. Uh, you know, I-, I think some teams out there would be willing to part with multiple second-round picks and uh, expiring contracts to get Covington. I don't think his market value is going to be a first-round pick unless Portland's able to get a team that's desperate right now. Um, so I think you need to factor all those things in when you're talking about the Joe Ingles situation and the guys I had reported on on site that Utah is uh, targeting on the market. They certainly want help on the wing, and uh, those guys fit the bill if they can get them. So what do you think, and you alluded to this a, a little bit, Mike, but what do you think the likelihood of the Jazz, you know, including Bogdanovich in something is, and, uh, you know, what... I guess what would they be looking for in return? You mentioned Harrison Barnes is being going to be expensive, and you mentioned some other names. But what if Bogdanovich were in the mix? Well, I think if Bogdanovich is in the mix, they're going to want more. Um, I don't like, for example, I don't, I don't necessarily know if Utah moving Boyan Bogdan. This is just a hypothetical. I just want to make that clear. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, like, let's say you know Boyan Bogdanovich in a first for Harrison Barnes. I don't know if that really moves the needle for Utah. Uh, quite honestly, I think that they'd be looking to get a, a higher caliber star in that uh, than than a Harrison Barnes if you're going to try to move Boyan there. Um, to me, I, I don't know. I think I think Boyan, what he brings to them is fine. He could spread the floor. Um, you know, really moving Joe was more about figuring. You know, Jordan Clarkson off the bench can give you enough scoring, and you know, you can replace Joe his shooting theoretically um if you make a trade and uh that ultimately like joe getting older you, you kind of had to maximize on moving him boyan's still younger i think that like i said if they were going to move him you'd have to get a higher caliber guy than, than harrison barnes who on a really good team is probably your fourth best option on offense i would say so looking at this trade deadline for the Jazz, do you anticipate it's a guarantee they make a move now, especially because Joe Ingles' contract is just sitting there and seems like a very movable piece, even just to get you know kind of under the luxury tax further, they can save something like $25 million if they do it? Or do you think there's a chance this is still what the roster looks like you know, a week and a half from now? I think they have to make a trade of some kind um, for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, they're not... 
in my opinion, they're not good enough to compete with Phoenix and Golden State. They're not. Um, and I don't think a lot of, you know, they're the class, those two teams are the class of the West right now. So if you want to compete and try to maximize this window with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and, and Mike Conley, who just came off an all-star year last year, you, you need to do that. Um, and then as far as what they end up doing, I mean, now it, it may not be as big of a splash because of Ingles' injury. I think, you know, for example, I think maybe if you're Sacramento, right, you, if you were going to get Ingles in a first for Barnes and, and maybe something else down the line, that Ingles at least could have played and, and helped them try to get into the play-in tournament, which a team like that is desperate to get into. Um, so I do expect them to make a move. If not, I would be somewhat disappointed, um, surprised. Because, I, again, I, I really never got the sense from the day that Danny Ainge came there that um, that core was going that, to, that, that, that this team was going to stay as is. We've seen what it can do in the past couple of playoffs. So, more likely to move this week, Russell Westbrook or Ben Simmons? Uh, interesting question. Let me think on that for a second. I, first of all, I think neither. Okay. Um, I think when you, you know when it comes to Ben Simmons, I think Daryl Morey is going to hold on to him. Um, he's not going to sell for fifty cents on the dollar or or anything like that right now. Um, I think you know he's certainly going to hold out hope that James Harden wants to opt out and come there to Philly, and that, that maybe they could work out a sign and trade there involving Ben. Um, you know, James Harden's always been the apple of Daryl Morey's eye, even before he came to the Nets. Um, in regards to Russell Westbrook uh, with the Lakers, that's been like fitting a square peg into a round hole uh, so far this season. It has not worked the way L.A. thought. Um, although I think uh, the issues with the Lakers are more than just what Russell Westbrook. You know, the I remember one executive told me. Um, before the year when we were kind of doing our season predictions that the Lakers were the LAARP Lakers. And I, and I kind of laughed at first. And, you know, everybody joked about how old they were, but um, it proved to be a prophetic quote. Um, I, I think that team, you know, Russell Westbrook's contract is going to be really hard to trade now. Maybe in the summer when it's expiring you can do something with that. Uh, for the following season it'll be the last year. Um, but Right now, I, I don't see that. I, I think there are other point guard options on the market that uh, could make more sense than for teams than, than trying to go and, and you know with Russell Westbrook, especially when you got teams that are luxury tax potential teams. That that bill becomes exponentially higher when you're bringing a guy that's making well over forty million dollars. Um, and, he, and he has struggled so far this year. So I don't think either one of them is getting moved. So if that's the situation, what is the biggest name that gets moved? Is it a Jeremy Grant? Is it Harrison Barnes? Who who would you peg as the most likely to get traded? I think, mm, you know, Jeremy Grant is a guy that I think would be, but Detroit's asking price I think is going to be a little tough if they can come down a little bit on that. Um, I, I don't see it happening yet. Um, and again, we're a week away, so that you know anything can change, but I don't see it yet. Um, 
you know, Barnes you mentioned. Um, I, you know, I thought the Kings would have moved them last year, to be honest with you, and they didn't. Um, I thought, you know, in the talks with Boston, that would have been a really, you know, fair kind of trade for them, and they didn't do it. So to me, um, he could be a big name, but to me, a guy I'm looking at getting traded, uh, I think should be, you know, Karis LeVert on the Indiana Pacers. I don't know if that's quote-unquote the biggest name, but I think there are enough teams out there that have a need at, at the guard position and have what they're looking for. You know, I report on who's like they want a first-round pick and a good young player. I think there are teams out there that can get close to that, certainly. I know some said two first-round picks. Well, essentially that's the same thing. Um, so to me, I think that he's a guy that is still young enough that Indiana's in a rebuild and a clear rebuild at that, that uh, it makes sense to me, even though they, you know, they say they want to kind of retool it. Um, to me, Karis LeVert's a name I'm, I'm keeping my eye on, and, and I've reported on it with, on Hoopsite, but Cleveland is certainly a team that I think has enough to get a, a deal done there and a clear need at, at the two-guard position. And also, um, you know, where they are in the standings, they've got plenty of young guys. They are more than happy to move off their first-round pick for a guy that can help them now and, and see how far uh, that Cleveland Cavaliers team can go in the East if they can make some noise in the playoffs. Well, Mike, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Great stuff, and I'm sure we'll be bugging you again in the near future. You got it, guys. Enjoy the day. Thank you. Mike Scotto from Hoops Hype uh, doing fine work. Uh, yep. Talking about some possible trade options for the Jazz, some uh, names that he's hearing out there. I do think Harrison Barnes is going to be expensive. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.